and welcome to Thrift Shop Biography. This is the one about Madonna. Thank you for listening. Hello. Hello. And welcome to episode 50. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought? 50 books I... we've read. 50 books. 50 books. So what have you been reading this week? I've been reading The Story of My Life with My Sister by Madonna's brother, Christopher Ciccone. Christopher Ciccone. Have you read this book before, full disclosure? Yes, I have. Yeah, years I have as ago. well. Yeah, years ago, when it came out. You see, people like you and I are never going to have not read this book. <laughs> There's no way. Oh my God, the brother's written a tell-all book about Madonna. Um, yeah. Of course. And I've kind of read it differently this time, I think. I don't know if it's because I'm older I or I kind of understand Madonna more I these days. I absolutely did. The first time round, see if you agree, I bought it and I completely was on his side. And I was thinking that he's brilliant and she's a total monster bitch. This time, I read it and really understood her side as well more. Yeah. Is that how you did exactly it? Exactly how I oh felt. Oh, my God. The first time was a page turn. I think, oh, my God. It's almost like Mommy Dearest, yeah. but sister yes. version. Because he's slagging her off <laughs> yeah. all the way through And it. she's a real bitch. But now you read it. I don't know if it's because we're older or we know she's survived so much longer in the industry yeah. and stuff. You kind of think, well, it's I not as bad know. as I remembered it. Yeah, it isn't. And I'm not taking his side on everything. Yeah. I'm actually thinking that's a bit whingy. Yes. That's pretty weak argument. You yes. Know? Actually, she's really busy because she's busy being a genius. Yeah. It's still a page turner, though. I'm completely gripped. It is. It. It was it so, is. I, I loved it. And now I feel sorry for him in a whole different way because I still feel sorry for him. Oh, sure. I feel yeah. sorry for him because he's an average person and not a legend. He's comparing himself to a legend and he'll yeah. always fall down. So I ask you every week, should I be asking you about Madonna or Christopher? In a sentence, how do you feel about Madonna? Utter legend, change the world, is probably a bitch. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. How about you? Yeah, I'm a massive fan since day one. Absolutely in awe of the woman. And I totally rate everything she's contributed to the artistic universe. Probably think she's a bit of a bitch. Yes, yes. I'll back what you just said as well. Right from the first day she appeared yeah. doing Holiday on Top of Pops, I went, yeah. oh! Who's this? Yeah. What's this? Oh my God, this is exciting. I love her fashion. I love her dance. Didn't know it was her brother in the background. Yeah, right. And I was like, right, I totally paid attention. And it amazes me because no one sold her to us. She just appeared on top of the pops with yeah. no background information for us kids. And it was instant. The next yeah. day at primary school or whatever, you're like, oh my God, you see that woman on top of the yeah. pops? She's amazing. That song is so great. Yeah. Sold itself. So did you? were you aware of Christopher before? No, I, I always was aware that her designs of her shows were totally theatrical and amazing. I never knew who did them. Of course, that's your arena of work, yes, isn't it? Yes, Yeah. Funny, because I knew that he was part of her troupe, if you like, but I kind of thought he was just her dresser. I didn't know that he designed her right. shows, and I didn't know that he even got to direct a couple of yeah. them. Yeah. So I'm always aware of him. He cropped up occasionally. And I knew he worked with her. I just didn't realise to what extent. Mm. Yeah. So, should we get into it? Let's do it. Episode 50. Here we are. Hooray. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone. Veronica. That's a confirmation name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Extremely Catholic. They are Catholic, extremely. Is older than Christopher. Mm. By 27 months. Mm. So Madonna is Christopher's big sister in a family of eight kids. She was born in 1958, the year that Michael Jackson and Prince 
Same it's month. also born. I know. What an yeah. amazing month for superstars. And that's quite odd, really. Like, I don't believe in cosmic shenanigans. But those three... But for the three defining icons yeah. of our time to all have been born in the same month is a bit weird. It's, yeah. Something was Something in the happened. air. Something <laughs> happened. Yeah. Angels. Yeah. <laughs> and two years later, in 1960, Christopher was born. And in 1963, their mother, Madonna, died. Yeah, now this is well documented. We kind of all know that Madonna's mum died and we all kind of realise that was probably the driving force behind her drive. She was five. Yeah, I mean, that does shape who Madonna is, whereas Christopher was three and he doesn't even hardly remember her. Yeah, he doesn't, but he does get the repercussions Mm. of the mum dying and leaving behind a grieving father. That's true. But he remarried very soon. Within, the housekeeper, wasn't it? Yeah. In three years, he was remarried. Yeah, they got a housekeeper to help with the kids. Called Joan. Yeah, and then he tried to see other women, but ended up marrying the housekeeper. It's textbook. And Madonna did not accept her No, whatsoever. she never has. I thought it was interesting what Christopher said about Madonna's relationship with her dad in the fact that they were very close and within these eight kids, even when Madonna... Because I think Madonna is the oldest girl, and even when she was too big to sit on her dad's lap she would like push everybody else out of the way and still sit on her dad's yeah almost flirting yeah christopher says she has the electra complex yeah but also that his dad seemed completely in madonna's thrall as well and then you kind of have to think she's called madonna yes and she looks just like her mother yeah and you see that picture in the book of the kids there's one picture where madonna's just looking straight at the camera and she's just utterly beguiling. It's the beginning of a lifelong thing where she needs male attention. Yeah. She needs to be the centre of everybody's yeah, world. Yeah, but it's sexual as well, isn't it? It just does seem to be. She's, yeah. she's pretty charged in that department. Mm-hmm. Christopher also says Madonna the mother yeah. died when she was 30. And all those young kids... And then he says, none of us, not our father, not our brothers and sisters, not me, and certainly not Madonna ever mentioned her name. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Except on rare occasions. Yeah. I mean, just wow. just it up. You wouldn't have expected that to happen if you were the dad. He no. never imagined he would be on his own with that many kids. No way. I mean, not all of them. Were, some of them were Joan's kids, right? No. Well, the first two were boys, Anthony and Marty. Then there's Madonna. Then Paula. Then Christopher. And then Melanie. So there's six. And then when he married Joan, they had two more kids, Jennifer and Mario. So Madonna's mum had six kids and died yeah. at the age of 30, yeah. leaving the dad on. Wow. And he had two more. Oh, that is devastating. Yeah. And of it course, is. it would shape all of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. But then he just carries on, I'm sure, not unaffected. But you can see how that would really piss off one of those kids who's dedicated to their mother. Yeah. The remarrying and having more kids. That oh. makes it so complicated. Yeah. Also, another interesting observation Christopher makes is that he does say that the loss of the mother obviously drove Madonna to become a star. But he says, actually, it's the things that the dad instilled in them that maintained her longevity as a star. Things like self-discipline, reliability, a good work ethic. Really good work ethic. That came from the dad. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And he encouraged the arts as well. Yeah. Didn't have a problem with it at all. Piano lessons, all sorts. Didn't mind her dance lessons, was a bit... Well, they hid Christopher was going for dance lessons for a while. So she was very much into dance, wasn't she? In fact, when they got a bit older, I think Madonna's 14, and Christopher says one day 
Madonna came home and she'd been going somewhere on Thursday nights and she was always different when she came home. She seemed more relaxed and pleased with herself and he was really curious about where she'd been. It's interesting. There doesn't seem to be a lot of communication within the family. It's like he didn't know where she'd been. So she wasn't telling the family. Anyway, it transpires that she'd been to the ballet school in town run by a man called Christopher Flynn. She loved it and she discovered dance. She'd always liked dancing, but then going to the ballet dance outside of school with this guy who mentored her, it kind of changed her fundamentally. Like she found her thing that was going to take her out into the world. Then it wasn't long after that she asked Christopher to come along with her one night. And he was just so pleased with that because he felt like his big sister had finally noticed him. And he just sounded like the classic outsider as well because he's secretly gay he's not even sure of that he just knows he's a bit different he's growing his hair long he's hanging out of school but he's not fitting in anywhere and doesn't fit in at home either and for his big sister to take him out yeah and you think if you're growing up gay in the 1960s in small town america you've got two older masculine brothers it would be really hard for him to exist as a young man yeah. So he goes off to become a ballet dancer. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, he says as soon as he meets Christopher Flynn, the dance teacher, he's he sort of something clicks in him. So that mm. is the beginning. You know, Christopher Flynn was very important in the life and journey of Madonna. Now, she's just played some gigs in London. And when she sang Live to Tell, a big banner came down and it was his face oh. projected onto it. Yeah. So all these years after... Yeah. She still remembers she, yeah. that man. She yeah. does talk about him a lot, a real mentor. Yeah. And then he went to see her and followed her career and stuff for years. And then he died of AIDS. Yeah. And it's around that time she got really, really into that cause. Pretty invested. Good on him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she would have found her way anyway. But it sounds like he was the first push young Madonna needed to yeah. actually get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so did Chris. It worked for him as well, but he's always secondary. This is the whole thing. The running theme throughout this book is that he's kind of hanging on to Madonna's coattails. She asks him to do a lot. He willingly does it. And he also says, he keeps saying in this book, oh, I'm really pleased to be a part of it all. Yeah. But there is kind of this burning resentment that just grows and grows and grows all the way through it. Because he goes to become a dancer. She goes to school to do dance. Then she leaves to go to New York. He then goes to school to do dance. And he's actually getting somewhere. Then she says, you've got to be in New York and says, come and live with me. And so he packs everything up and goes there, gets there and she goes, you can't live with me. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so he ends up having all these auditions and he actually gets a job in a dance company based in Ottawa, Mm -hmm. Canada. And he's doing dance for a living. He's in a troupe. They're putting on shows. They tour around Britain and Europe. You know, that's already a really great life he's got. And I guess he would have just become a dancer. But at least it would have been his own life. Yeah. It was all going quite well up till she then said, come and be my dancer. And then he becomes a pawn in her game. He was doing all right on his own. He was doing all right on his own. And then she says, come and be a dancer. I need a dancer for my club dates. And then when he comes back again, she says, oh, I don't need you anymore because I've got somebody else. She, in fact, makes him fly back from his European tour from his dance troupe. Yes. He absolutely snaps to it. Yes, I'll be your... Yeah. Yeah. Then the dancer doesn't work out. So in Mm. the end, she 
does get her brother to come and yeah. dance with her. And by then he's got a boyfriend who was saying to him, why are you just jumping again? Yeah. Like, well, she's just treated you like that. Why are you then just going when she snaps her fingers? That's the point where he should have woken up to that. You know why? Really... It's like we say, it's a running theme. Every time Madonna asks him to do something, he always says, I'm not doing anything else for you. The next time she asks him, he's there like a yeah. bullet. Yeah. And you know why? She's one of the most exciting people in the world. That's Anybody true. wants to be with her. If that's your sister and you have access to that world, of course you're going to go. I'd go. That's true. The good times are really good. They are really yeah. good. And he's having fun and he's happy to be part of this exciting showbiz world alongside this star who's on a very fast trajectory. Yeah. You know, one night they're dancing around nightclubs, the next she's got a record deal, the next she's oh filming God, videos. It's amazing, it, yeah, it? it's it's quick actually. You know, when he first went to visit her from when he went from Detroit, she was being a drummer in that band, The Breakfast yeah. Club. He says that evening, she says, I'm taking you out for dinner, and he couldn't understand it because she had no money, he's supposed to be all starving and poor. And a limo turned up to take them out to dinner, and he was going, How are you affording this? And she had some sugar daddy that really wanted her to marry him and he lent her access to the car and yeah. probably paid for dinner. Mm-hmm. So She was working it. Yeah, she really has worked it to the top. She's just very good. I, th- I would say one of her strengths is figuring out what people can do for her and what she can get out of them and how they can help her advance. And the second... They've advanced her to where she needs to be. She dumps them and goes on to see who can take her to the yeah. next level. Highly manipulative. I mean, it's a real skill. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a criticism. It's just yeah. a fact because I want Madonna to have gone on to be Madonna so that she can have brightened up <laughs> our 80s and 90s. Yeah. She's still brightening things up, to be honest. She's changed everything. So I don't care how she gets there as long as she gets there. Imagine if you went back to the future and then took Madonna away. Yeah, it would be boring. We might live in a grunge world. We'd just have Elaine Page and Barbara Dixon. (laughs) So she's in New York gigging in bands and stuff and she's got her brother over and they're going to the dance clubs like Danceteria. I think there's a dig here that what he likes doing with this book is exploding her myth because she says that she just turned up in Times Square on her own with $35 in her pocket. And he's like, well, she had a scholarship to a dance school and there were plenty of contacts she had in the city. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's not and that And it's a middle-class family and the dad was supported her. And I'm thinking, no, do you know, I don't think he did because I've, I've watched documentaries where she walks around New York going, I lived here, I squatted there, I did that. I was absolutely starving. I was so thin. You look at pictures, she was stick thin. Yeah. That's a woman who isn't eating. Yeah. Yes, her dad might have given her money, but I don't think she'd have asked for it because she wanted to do it herself. And he's got eight kids. He can yeah. hardly support all of yeah, them. So I actually especially think, not one off of being a dancer yeah, in New York City. She was doing a dolly. She was like, yeah. I've got to do this on my own. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to ask for a handout. Yeah. I'm going to make it. But you know, there's also this thing that she talks about that she would make these cassettes and take them to the DJs. And she says that one of the DJs who launched her initially was Mark Kamen's because she would go into Danceteria, go up to the booth and hassle him until he played the tape. And Christopher writes in the book, Danceteria, Mark Kamen, the DJ who helped her land the record deal. She says she just marched into the club and gave it to him. And hey, presto, he played it. That easy? I'm not so sure. Yeah. So is he insinuating that she shagged him? Oh, if she didn't, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> okay. If that's not how she got where she got, 
then I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know. I think people could recognise that she's a star in the making. <laughs> they I, might want to have sex with her. I don't think it necessarily means they did. I just think she did. I mean, Nile Rogers talks about when he's making Like a Virgin with her and he's what, producing they it. They didn't sleep together, did he, they? He didn't want to and she got so upset. What? She was like, why don't you want to sleep with me? Really? Like, I don't want to. I just want to work with you. I think she's it's just, just highly part of her sexual. Part, yes, I think yeah. she's highly sexual. It's just part of her life. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been much of a chore. She's you know. playing to her strengths. Yes. I love when, oh, just to go back to when they were at high school, Christopher says that there was a talent show at the school yeah. and the whole family went. So it's Madonna's dad and, and Joan, the stepmom, and Christopher. They're all waiting for Madonna to come out and do her turn. And Madonna comes out with her friend, Carol. They're like in these flesh-coloured leotards and they've painted their bodies. And Christopher says they come out dancing. I couldn't call it dancing. They were just like writhing around yeah. the stage. And they and, look naked. Yeah, being so sexual. And said the whole auditorium were just aghast at how sexual it all was. And dad is mortified, of yeah. course. Even at 14 years old, yeah. Madonna was being Madonna. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> After I read this, I watched some of the Blonde Ambition tour and I was like, and there's that school performance. Yeah. <laughs> Pushing the boundaries, challenging everybody. So you kind of have to th- think that on a world stage, Madonna has constantly pushed those buttons about female sexual autonomy. Yes. So interesting to think, even at the age of 14 in that small town at her high school, yeah. she was basically doing the yeah. same thing. Wow. Yeah, it's true because she's brought a masculine energy to the female sexuality, aggressive, powerful, owning it, yeah. all of that stuff. Nobody did that. In Marilyn Monroe, who's one of her idols, she did it in a very quiet way, but while acting completely innocent and weak, there's a power beneath that. Madonna just put that power right on the uh, out there. Plus, the legend of Marilyn, we all think of her as a victim. Yeah. Whereas whatever you think of Madonna, you could never call her <laughs> a victim. Absolutely not. Yeah. Is her brother a victim? <laughs> Everybody, we are all is her he, victims. She's in New York being this exciting young thing and she gets her records played at the nightclubs. When you say that her records are playing, that is everybody and burning up. Oh, yeah. Absolute dance floor corkers. Okay, so that's a hit on the dance charts, but then Holiday comes out next and that's a mainstream crossover. Oh, yeah, that's the one you and I probably, as kids, saw on top of the pops and just went, what the... So her pop career has already started. Her record company, Sire Records decide to invest lots of money in her and and for videos and then they pay for her to go to Europe to promote and go on top of the pops. Oh yeah, Um, I learned about this woman Maripol. She was the manager of Fiorucci. Christopher worked there for a while. She clothed Madonna. She's the stylist that made Madonna look like Madonna and made all of us kids copy her. Yeah. All the bangles. She actually invented the rubber bangle and manufactured them. All those bright coloured rubber bangles. What's so cool about Madonna's image is that it was something you could replicate by just going to a charity or a thrift shop and buying just bits and cutting bits. and So it was a real poor person's make-do-and-mend fashion of the 80s that anyone could copy. We all went and got bits of leather string and tied them around our wrists. That was a bit of hard, but it was Madonna as well. The rubber bands just took off. It was real punk. Pop punk. When you look at Madonna in the early 80s, those first couple of songs, she is essentially singing disco, 
but she looks like a punk. Yeah. And that's not really happened before. I think that's why she stood out, you know. Yeah. But it's a very clever image. Cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's very interesting. And so, yeah, she took off. Then the next song was Lucky Star. Another thing that I find amazing about young Madonna and her determination is that at that stage in her career, so 1983, 1984... She saw who the biggest pop star in the world was, which is what she wanted to be. The biggest pop star in the world was Michael Jackson. Mm. So she finds out who manages him, Freddie Demand. Yeah. And she demands a meeting with him and says, I want you to be my manager. And he's so impressed with her that he says, okay, then. Yeah, so she gets the best manager. Yeah, she's got the best manager in the business. But she has so much confidence. I admire it so much. Yeah, she really does. does. She deserves everything because she's gone and got it. Yeah, I know. Outside of this book... Because you and I know so much more about her than he's put in this book. Mm-hmm. She went to the building where the music producers were or whatever and just went up and down the lift all day until one of them walked into the lift. So it looked like she it was accidentally in the lift and was yeah. like, oh, hi. You? you know, I think she did that for like three days or something, yeah. something ridiculous like that. That's how pushy she was, but that's also how intelligent she is. She knew where to go. She targeted and she did it herself. Yeah. She really did it herself. The more I read this book, it slags off Madonna, the more of a hardcore Madonna fan I'm becoming. Yeah, no, definitely. Now we talk. Yeah. So at this point, Christopher is still her dancer. But then as the second album, Like a Virgin, comes out, Freddie Deman, Madonna's now manager, approaches Christopher and dispenses with his services. Of course. Yeah. And because he could see it coming. Yeah he, yeah, he knew it was on the cards mm. because they want to promote her right, put her on stage on her own and stuff on the TV shows because mm. she can handle it on her own, let's oh, face yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Then what I think pushed Madonna to the next level happens is the very first MTV Music Video Awards and she comes out and sings Like a Virgin in a wedding dress on top of a wedding cake. Yeah. But then for the second half of the song, she basically just kicks her shoes off and dry humps the stage. Yeah, she's all over the floor. <laughs> she's got stockings and suspenders on. She's her 14-year-old self in the school hall again, isn't she? Yeah. But on a world stage, and I know, this isn't in the book, but I know that Freddie Demand, as soon as she comes off stage, he's like, you've just ruined your career. <laughs> Next day, everybody was talking yes. about her. Yes. Like a virgin, went to number one for about six weeks yeah. in America. It's a so. song. So her star is ascending quickly, and she's filming Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh, my God, from this point on, it's just unbelievable. The biggest, most monstrous hit after hit you've ever heard of anybody achieving in such a small time. So then Madonna's filming the video for her next single, Material Girl, and on that fateful day, she meets her future husband, Sean Penn. Yes, it says that, right? But it doesn't say why he was at the video shoot. He's not in the video. He's not in the video. I think a bit like David Beckham and Victoria Beckham, he might have seen Madonna on the TV and might have had a oh, friend who said, can you get me on the set so I can meet way. her? Yeah. yeah, he's not just there. No. I oh, mind you saying that. I, it's it's he, an elaborate music video. He might have been on the studio yeah, lot. Yeah, it could have maybe. been a studio lot thing, yeah. Yeah. And he's wandering by, see what's going on. I had no idea that Sean Penn was a Nepo baby. His... Mum is an actress and his dad is in the industry in some form or another. No, I didn't know that either. I didn't know that. No. Yeah, that surprised me because I just yeah. thought he was this gritty little actor who came from nowhere. Yeah, he's acting like a gritty little actor. Yeah. Because he's a good actor. He's a good actor. That's where I will leave it with Sean Penn. I think he's a terrible 
horrible person. I just don't know him outside of this story. I always knew that he treated Madonna terribly and I always knew she played it down. Right. Um, to the point that there's police reports filed and they've been in the press. Like, he properly beat her up Well, yeah, Chris Stiffer talks about yeah. all the times he's literally rescued her and yeah. the place has been smashed up. Yeah, he's got a terrible yeah. temper. I think he's a terrible person. I think he's a spoiled middle-class kid. And I know why Madonna was attracted to him. About a year ago, I saw a picture of a baby Madonna... With her mum and dad. Oh, it's her, her dad. Her dad looks like Sean Penn. Yes. Exactly like him. Yes, it's Mia Farrow again who lost her dad and then married yeah. Frank Sinatra. Well, it's the Electra complex, yeah, she, isn't it? She, she loved her dad the most, so she wanted to marry her dad. Well, she did. So, Like a Virgin album, millions and millions of copies, and then she gets to go on her first tour. And even though Christopher's not a dancer, she asks him to come and be her dresser. And he feels a bit odd about it to begin with, but of course he wants to be part of it. And she says she doesn't want any stranger to see her naked, isn't that? So she's yeah. happy to be naked in her videos and stuff, but up close, yeah. she doesn't want anyone to see her naked other than her own yeah. brother. Yeah, that's weird. When she's naked as art, that's different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's real. That yeah. stage sweating, costume changes. Yeah. But she says, you're the only person I trust. I need you. And he says, oh, my big sister needed me. So he's gone back. Yeah. Yeah. And th- th- again, he goes back a hundred times. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And you see why. He loves the world of it. He loves to travel. And he loves hanging out with all the dancers and all the celebrities. He loves meeting all the celebrities. Yeah. She's not bothered at all because she wants it to always be all about her, yeah. he says. So, yeah, he's having a great time. Let's not mistake that. He is, but he does say that she gives him a hard time. Oh, yeah, like when, she's yelling at him, being yeah, abusive, yeah. telling him he's a piece of shit all the time. Every mm. single day he has to take that. And then go around picking up all the dancers' clothes off the floor, doing the laundry. He's actually properly the dresser, making sure the costume get on the plane unload them himself that yeah he really is a- when she blows up at him during costume changes where he has like two minutes to turn her around he says that she can be really vile to him yeah but then he actually justifies it by saying i'm really happy she can vent with me i understand how high pressured it is i'm her brother i can take it and she's doing it to me because i am her brother and yeah. she knows that i'll take it it's kind of like oh my god christopher come <laughs> You're just making a rod for your own back. Do you know what I mean? You're you're allowing her to treat you horribly. And he actually says he wishes he could just leave and he feels like leaving, but he won't because it's his sister. I think she's quite clever getting her brother to work because nobody else would take it. Yeah, you're right. He makes an interesting observation about Madonna being surrounded by sycophants the whole time and watching Madonna doing the same thing over the years to countless people being horrible to people yelling at them. He says, but I realise she doesn't do it out of malice. It's just that she's always surrounded by people who agree with her and she believes that she is her own creation. So I think we talked about Maripol, the designer. She's got Freddie Demand, the manager. The DJs at Danceteria even. All of those people have helped Madonna become yeah. who she is but because everybody is around her telling her how brilliant she is she thinks she's her own creation yeah but i would also say she is yeah i would also say she is but that's because we love her no i don't think so because <laughs> the person who's at the creative control is her he says sometimes i just wish she'd realized that it was us that did this not just her and i'm like no sorry but you can't take that much credit for her genius you can't say it was we 
ultimately it's her. The whole thing is her. It's her music. It's her on stage. It's her dancing. It's her who picked Maripol. It's her who asked for a wedding dress. It's her who went to Gautier and said, you know, she, yeah. she's found the talents and she's put it together. I've got to give her the credit. I won't argue with that. <laughs> so where are we in the, the stages of her career? So her and Sean well, have done Shanghai Surprise Out arguing all the time. It's a terrible film. They just shouldn't have been in the film together because he's an absolutely brilliant actor and she is a pop star. And you can see if he's had to go through the day he had when you see any bit of it with her trying to act, it's appalling. <laughs> you can see why he was getting drunk and furious. He probably thought, this is my career down the drain. Yeah. She's not an actress. She's not an actress. She really is not an actress. I kind of have a theory about that. Because actually that's one thing that Christopher says in this book is kind of he just rates her so highly and then he gets to talk about the films. He's just like, oh, they're all rubbish. Yeah, some of me left because he's so embarrassed. Yeah. And he's at the premiere. Yeah. But I think being the young girl whose mother died and the family not talking about it, she shut down emotionally. Ah, that explains it. Of course. Yeah, and as much as I love her, I do think she is a bit of a machine. I'm sure she does get upset, but I don't think she really shows people she gets upset. I know she gets upset. She said, for example, when Michael Jackson died, she didn't stop crying for a week. Oh, really? Yeah. I know that when she fell down the stairs at the Brits, she went to her hotel room and cried all night. Right. Yes, because she was humiliated. Right. But in terms of being an actress, I think she shut down emotionally at such a young age. I don't think it's there for her to grab. That's why you can't tell the truth, because it's all about having the truth technically she's a good actress if only she could connect emotionally she'd be brilliant you're so right who was it who said they couldn't cry Demi Moore and they had to sort of send her to therapy so that she could actually come out of herself so she could cry and it actually changed her life it made her in touch with her emotions Madonna needs Demi Moore's therapist yeah she does and they're mates she should get onto that yeah Anyway, yeah, that really, it basically killed him, that. And Christopher says, I eventually see Shanghai Surprise and I'm embarrassed about how bad it is. Madonna flatly refuses to take any responsibility for the movie's failure. It's all Sean's fault. Oh, no. (laughs) That is nuts. I love that. Oh, God. Yeah, and it says, after Shanghai Surprise, Sean and Madonna start living separate lives. Yeah. It's not the end of them, though. No. But they're just not... He was always getting mad and hitting photographers. I remember that. They were calling them poison pens. Christopher does blame Sean for how the British press turned against Madonna. Because we kind of loved her. And then Sean came out and started beating up paparazzi and stuff. And then they hated Madonna. Yeah. Do you know what's weird about Sean Penn? What? Christopher likes him but doesn't like him. But that day where they're at the house together and Sean Penn cuts their thumbs and rubs them oh, together yeah, so they, they can be blood brothers. Yeah. That's so juvenile. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, why is Sean Penn doing that at the age of, like, 26 to yeah. Madonna's brother? I just, It's just weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, live to tell, Papa don't preach, true blue, open your heart. I mean, just... The hits keep coming. Just fantastic songs, 1986. And then Madonna goes out on her second tour, the Who's That Girl tour. Oh, this is interesting. He says, during the first tour, the one thing Madonna noticed is that after the second song, she was really out of breath. So for her next tour, Who's That Girl tour, this blows my mind. She jogs for six miles every morning. Yep. The day of a show, her and Christopher would jog for six miles, then come back, rehearse, warm up, and do the show. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, if Athletes. I, yeah. Well, she's an actual athlete. Yeah, she is. 
Christopher is the dresser again. But do you know what? He then says, oh, Madonna always has a four-room penthouse suite. But as far as she's concerned, I still don't rate a suite. Why yeah. should you? Why should you get a suite? You're yeah. a dresser. He does constantly mention how much she's earning and then how much she's paying him. But when you look at what she's paying him, it's not bad for somebody who isn't qualified in anything they're doing. Yeah. It's bad compared to her wage, but you can't compare your wage to her wage. Anybody's wage is bad to Madonna's no, he's, wage. he's getting paid. Exactly, he's getting paid. Yeah. All right, for the job he's doing. And I think he's partying so hard that that's why he's really struggling with money. Because he's living it up. Coke binges at weekends and going to fancy clubs where celebrities hang out. Yeah, and he does want special treatment because he is her brother. I kind of get it a bit. I do But also too. at the same time, why are you expecting a suite yeah, in a hotel? I get both sides of it. What she'd have probably really wanted is if he was just really dedicated like her, didn't drink, was really focused just on work because he does evolve into this celebrity partying lifestyle. If he was as focused as her on work and became the world's greatest designer, then maybe he would have come up with her, but he would have earned it. Yeah. I'd have liked to learn more about what went into his ideas behind the design of this or design of that. Or what input did he have when directing these shows? You know, he doesn't talk about his work at all. So you learn nothing about what he actually contributed. He talks about doing up her houses. She gets him to do up a lot of her houses and pays him for it not not that well but he's not qualified and he really enjoys spending the money he's not qualified but i think by the time he's done the third or fourth house and she is asking him repeatedly to do it say she clearly likes and rates what he does i think at that point she should be paying him more money yeah but she's taking advantage of him because it's her brother yeah when i was reading about how much she paid him for those interior job designs and so i thought she was being really she was she was being really tight when he started talking about her paying him i actually wondered whether she had any concept about the amount of money she had and how much she does have in her bank account to pay for her no No, she should because she's bought a house for five million and is paying her brother 30 grand initially and she's buying art as well to decorate the whole thing oh yeah she's buying the art well actually he's by that's another one of his roles he becomes she, she has an art advisor called darlene lutz but he becomes the unofficial art advisor. Yeah. And he's going into Sotheby's and bidding a million dollars on a Tamara yeah. de Lempica. Yeah. It's just like, wow, yeah. to have the opportunity to do that. Was he so excited? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And he's got an eye for it. And then there's that one time where he spends 65 grand on three 19th century landscapes. and But he always sends it to her. Do you want these? They're going for this. And she says, yes or no. She said, yes, get them. And he brought them round. A few days later, and she said, no, I don't want them to send them back. And he says, you can't send them back to Sotheby's. She said, I don't care. Do whatever, but I'm not paying you for them. He has now got no money to pay his rent. Honestly, if there was one bit in this book where I actually took issue with my hero, Madonna, yeah. it's with these paintings in particular. It's just like, clearly, Christopher doesn't have the kind of money that Madonna no. has. Clearly, Christopher can't absorb $65,000 from paintings from Sotheby's. Madonna can. Yeah. But she just refuses to do it. Yeah. He couldn't pay his rent at all. That that cleaned him out. There's more to it, you know. It's not just about the financial transaction. He does address this at some point. He thinks she's worried that they've become too close and she's almost trying to push him away. Yeah. Because she is pushing him away. Yeah. That that Sotheby's purchase was really a turning point. Yeah. Because after that, he doesn't trust her to pay him back so he can no longer risk spending any of his own money. 
So then the next house he has to design, he draws up a contract and that actually is almost the end of the relationship. It's the beginning of the absolute end yeah, of making she a contract. Can't, she can't believe that he's presented her with a contract. Yeah. But he had to do it out of necessity. Yes, he did. Because that what, what would have been great, I'm thinking when I'm reading this, is if he'd have talked through it with her first and said, this is really crippling me financially, so I'm not going to be able to risk spending my own money. So from now on, would it be okay if we had drew up some sort of agreement just to cover my back? It's eventually money is always going to tear people apart when one has it and the other one doesn't. Yeah, but I do think this is the one bit in the book where I think, come on, Madonna, you're in the wrong here. You just are. Yeah. Even objectively. She she was fuming mad to get this contract. Oh, there's so many emails back and forth over the few years. Do you know what? I really loved reading the emails that got increasingly scathing that yes. they were sending you. Yes. Because the language is so good, because they're so well read. Yes, that's true. And I love that Madonna often writes letters yeah. to people. Even if she's telling them off, she'll yeah. send them a letter yeah. rather than make a phone call. Yeah. He does say early on in the book, you don't imagine this, but how scared of confrontation yes. she is. Yes. Now, I would never imagine her being afraid of confrontation. Yeah. Maybe that's why she prefers to write a letter. Yeah. Anyway, they're screwed, aren't they, from then on? It yeah. really is the beginning of the end. But anyway, Madonna continues to be amazing. That's the one thing where their paths certainly begin yeah. to diverge. But all through what? it, like when they're filming In Bed With Madonna, Truth or Dare, the movie on the Blonde Ambition tour, I almost think at times he's remembering episodes and trying to put a spin on them, which makes them seem worse than they are. Because when they go to film at their mother's grave, he's so outraged by that. He says he wants to take the documentary camera and hit her over the head with it. Actually, the loss of Madonna's mother at a young age is such a defining part of her legend. Of course, if you're doing a documentary about her, of course you have to include it. And he is like, when we pulled up to the graveyard, I said, what the fuck are we doing here? I can't believe you're doing this. It's like, I would have just taken it as a given that you would do that in a documentary about Madonna. In this book, he's just like, it's one of the worst things she's ever done. It's like, it's not. I think it's a really natural thing to do. Yeah. And then he kind of like slags her off at one point because he's running the New York Gay and Lesbian Film Festival. And he says, can you do a little speech? And she's like, you know, I get asked to do these speeches every day of the year. I don't want to do it. How yeah. dare she turn her back on the gay community that have supported her for so yeah, long? It's she's like, never, no. ever, ever yeah. turned her back on the gay community. Yeah. Apart from when you come up to Guy Ritchie being a homophobic Well, that's dickhead. a different thing. That's a bit more complicated. It is but, more complicated because yeah. the bloke she loved happens to be a bit of a homophobic dickhead. Do you know what? As much as <laughs> I love Madonna and rate everything she does, she's possibly picked the worst partners in yeah, history. Yeah, Apart from Warren Beatty. Yeah, he sounds like a Again, nice fellow. Now, we've read that he's a nice fellow in about four other yes, autobiographies, yes. which makes me think, well, he must be a nice <laughs> yeah. fellow. Yeah, he's doing well at the moment in the it, ratings. Yeah, we've read Joan Collins, Cher, Jane Fonda, all talk about Warren Beatty, yeah. all say what a lovely man. If anything, he's just a bit boring because he doesn't drink. And they all want to party yeah. and have a good time. And they're like, oh, Warren, he's so handsome, but he's just a bit boring. Yeah, but he's, there's nothing bad said about him here at all. Christopher loves him as well. Yeah, I mean, Madonna yeah. was just a bit bored and was cheating on him because he was a bit older and a bit more boring and she's got all this energy. As nice as he is, I really get the impression that he does cheat a lot. And I love yeah. the fact that he met his match in Madonna yes. and she was going out of Warren Beatty and she was having affairs. Yeah. Good, good for her. I don't think either of them had their heart involved. Yeah. 
So it's fine, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's not. It served a purpose. Yeah. Well, it got her the Dick Tracy job, didn't it? <laughs> See, she is occasionally very good in films. Yeah, I, like, I love Dick Tracy. She's good in films when she doesn't play the lead role. Oh, if she's right. got a little supporting character role, she's often quite good. I was going to say, her brother says when she's playing herself, if she's channeling herself, if she's got to act anything else... She can't do it. Mind you, Evita was pretty good. Do you know what? I mean, was it though? I kind of think it's good. (laughs) No, I tell you why it's good. Because she doesn't talk in it. It's all sung, isn't it? Yeah, And she's so good in her pop videos. Okay, it probably was good if you like Evita. I think I probably just don't like Evita. So you're not an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan? No. Don't like cats? No. No. Dick Tracy was brilliant. Express Yourself came out amazing. The Blonde Ambition tour was fantastic. He designed the stage. I watched it today. It's bloody good. It's so theatrical. One of their tours, can't remember which one he was saying about, a clown woman came on and she slides down a pole. It's a girly show. And she opened the whole show. And right at the end, Madonna leaves the stage and the clown girl comes on again. And then right at the end, takes a bow and takes a mask off. And it's Madonna. That's pure, brilliant theatre. That's conceived really interestingly to start it off and then end like that. He says on the girly show, Madonna allows him to fly first class, but she still won't give him a suite. And when they arrive in London, he's shown to his room and it's a single room. So he goes to see Madonna and he says for the first time ever, he resorts to a tear or two. Yeah. And then for the rest of the tour, he gets a suite. Yeah, right. So she did give in to him, yes, actually. Yes, just once. <laughs> but, you know... A few years later when he went to her wedding to Guy Ritchie and he's forced to go because they've withheld the last payment they owe him. That's disgraceful yeah, behaviour he's on Madonna's. Yeah, his fee, his last fee, and they've withheld payment. For interior design. For interior design. And then she says, I want you to come to my wedding, but he's really Why pissed she, off. But hang on. Why is she not paying him anyway? She's agreed. He's doing an interior design yeah. job for her. They've constantly like, withheld his last fee. Yeah, but why does she do that? That's People, a form of control. Yes, She's got the money. He's done the work. Yep. And then for the wedding, and he doesn't like Guy, so he made his excuses. He doesn't like Guy, but also because he's been arguing about trying to get paid... There's a bit of a bad vibe between them. So he says, I'm not coming to the wedding. And Madonna says, if you don't come to the wedding, you're not getting paid. It's just like he's done the work. Pay him. Didn't the assistant phone and said, we are buying your plane ticket from your fee and we will give you the remainder dollars. Flying first class and there's only a few hundred dollars left. Shocking. It's absolute bullshit what Madonna does here. And she's done that a couple of times. Mm. She will owe him money for a job that he's already done. And he says, where's the money? And she'll say, you can have that money if you do this. If you if come you to the that. Kabbalah yeah, workshops. There's stuff. always an extra Yeah, and that's thing. not on. It's blackmail. Yeah. That's beyond being a control yeah. freak. And he should be able to choose to spend his money. Yeah, or not. It's... She should be buying him a plane ticket to his wedding and paying him for the work done. That is outrageous. Yeah. Anyway, he's got this five-day wedding in this castle in Scotland where they're not actually allowed to leave. They have to hand over their credit cards. They have to hand over their credit cards when they get there for incidentals. Incidentals! They're not paying for everything. Yeah. Highest paid woman in America. Now, that is actually bollocks. You've forced people to stay there for five days and they've got to pay for their incident. Fuck that. Anyway, then he goes to find his room. He goes up and up and up and up and he's in the servant's tower. He's got this tiny little room in a turret. A couple of days later, he goes into Gwyneth Paltrow's 
enormous yeah. castle suite and he can't believe it. And when he sees the size of that room, he realises it's almost possibly a joke that he's been put in this servant's turret. And it is, isn't it? It's her going, you're only the dresser, you get a turret. It's all manipulation of the mind. It's belittling. I do find some of her decisions weird, not least marrying Guy Ritchie anyway. Yeah. I really felt for him at the wedding because he's trapped in this castle. Yeah, he did. obviously wants to hang out with the women, but they've divided it. So the men go shooting and the Hunting. women have a lunch. Men are banned from the women's luncheon. He says, I'm not going shooting. So he's just trapped in his yeah, room. These men have come back and they've shot 500 birds. And he says, oh, we're having them for dinner. And they all laugh. Now we just killed them. Everything Guy Ritchie stands for. No, it's just It's just obnoxious masculinity that, you know, like in the homophobic jokes and stuff, it's all part of it. He has to assert his masculinity. Yeah. It's not enough that he's marrying Madonna. No. Also, Madonna's so legendary for understanding the non-binary world of people, everybody from straight to gay to everyone in between and the gender mixes of everybody. If... Anyone gets that, it's Madonna. And yet she just drew a line black and white down male and female and wouldn't let anyone cross over either way. That just goes against her normal grain. Yeah, she, I don't know, she'd become a mother at this point. She had two kids. Yeah, so you have to go straight. Yeah, no, she definitely did go very straight for a while. Another weird thing I found out, I found out, another weird thing I read in this book, when Christopher was on his own at the castle walking around, he said there was this woman riding a horse and he said, oh, hello. She says, hi, I'm Stella. Then he realised it was Stella McCartney, who was Madonna's matron of honour. And he said he thought that was really weird because they'd only just met. Right. That is weird, actually. Then it turns out that Stella McCartney had designed the wedding dress for £30,000. And then you kind of think, the way Madonna is and how tight she is with her money, do you think she just asked Stella McCartney to be her matron of honour so she could get a free dress? It's quite possible. I remember they were really good friends for a while, though. But she barely knew her when she asked her to be yeah, her matron of honour. It's weird. It is weird. That whole wedding just sounds pretty weird and really uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyway, like, <laughs> he was really miserable, basically. And then there's Sting and Trudy Styler. And oh, well, they sounded lovely, I they have sound, to say. They come out really well. They yeah. do sound really nice. And he would go to their house after yeah. and spend time with them. Yeah, they seem sweet. Yeah. But he's a knobhead, isn't he, Guy Ritchie? Yeah. I don't really like Christopher's art, do you? Have you looked at that? Well, I just felt, you know, Christopher's art is nothing special, but also what really annoyed me, he did that photography exhibition, which was just photographs of his friend's bums. Yeah. And as a gay man, how lowest bottom denominator? Yeah. Just taking photos of artists. I know. Like, honestly, it's on a part. If that was a straight man, they did an exhibition just of photographs of tits. Yeah. How boring and uninspiring is that? I was really annoyed to find out that Christopher's photography exhibition was just bums. Yeah, that's around the point where Madonna was asking him if he's a drug addict. (laughs) She couldn't understand it. Gosh, she really got a bee in her bonnet about that. She really did, didn't she? Which made me think, is he? And he's just not telling Well, he did say, I I only did it at Fridays and Saturdays. So he was out once a week. But it kind of grew because if you're to believe Christopher... Mm. 
when she first started accusing him of it, there's this friend Madonna has called Ingrid, yeah. who seems to be a massive shit stirrer, right? Yeah, so, she was Sandra Bernhardt's girlfriend. That's how she got into right, the scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then dumped Sandra and just was besotted with Madonna for the rest of her life. Which Madonna loves. Loved it. Madonna loves Lapped people who are besotted with yes. her. Yeah. And I think that's a problem with Christopher. I think he was for a long, long time. Yes. It was his big sister. He was completely enthralled by her. But probably a bit jealous. Probably yeah, wasn't working and I him. think he realised he'd lost himself. He says he's more than aware people look at him and they see Madonna. Yeah. At some point when you grow up, and I don't mean grow up from a teenager, I think when you're 35 or 40, you probably take pause and think, oh, I am actually a person. Am yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And I think that did happen. In fact, he has a partner called Danny and he'd been with him for 10 years Danny was very much Christopher's love, like through his whole 20s. Yeah. And then eventually when Danny and Christopher broke up, Christopher was very down and he went to Madonna and Madonna said, well, I didn't like him anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. End yeah, of conversation. Yeah, because she didn't want any competition for yeah. her brother's love and attention. I think that is the first seed that began to sow Christopher's distrust of his big sister, not the other being paid and stuff. He had to be in love with her, but if she really loved him back, she would have cared more about Danny. She She just wants the love. She doesn't have time to give it back. It's a one-way love. That's right. Yeah. And then that's why she's probably really jealous of Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell when they became his mates because she couldn't handle that, could she? Oh, you're hanging out with those models again. He just she doesn't like the competition. Well, also they were massive drug takers. They were and real parties. Yeah, and Madonna isn't. No, that's true. I kind of get that they can all go out to dinner together, and then Madonna, who doesn't indulge in cocaine and stuff, yeah. there comes a time She's of the night where she wants to leave, yeah. and I totally understand. Yes. I mean, I'd leave myself. I, I get it. I get it too. Yeah, I don't want to be yeah. around coke snorting super. Yeah, <laughs> and then he sort of fell in love with Gwyneth. Powell platonically and Demi Moore. What was interesting about his friendship with Demi Moore is because we read her book and we knew that she got sober to yeah. sort her life out. Oh. Now, when he's hanging out with her, with all these other celebrities, and they're all off their heads, I thought, ah, Demi Moore is lying. She has to be off her head. No. And then he says that she's not. She's yeah. completely sober. Yes, but she's chain-drinking Red Bulls coffees oh, and chain-smoking. Yeah. yeah. So you're totally wired. So that's wired. a drug. It yeah. is kind of drugs, and it's so unhealthy, but you're still needing a buzz yeah you're living on the edge she's probably not eating to... she's still pursuing a buzz even if the buzz is dancing on red bull yeah. it's still and cigarettes she's still not a healthy normal way of life is it no <laughs> i mean it sounds like I'm... a lot of fun <laughs> oh my god christopher yeah. ciccone has had a blast oh yeah he's had an amazing Madonna's life brother but yeah he talks about every dancer on the tour he watches them go through the same thing where they are amazed to be on it and then they bask in the light of madonna and then they get so close to her they think they're going to be friends with her for the rest of their lives and then they see the end coming and realize they might not be and then they're cut out yeah. they will never be able to phone her again they'll never ever see her again he sees that cycle over and over then he starts to realise it's going to happen to him. There's a few years where he knows he's on his way out. He's clinging on, but it's he's, he's depressing. And well, finally he cuts it off. And this book, I feel, is the final cutting off that he's taking some control because he knows she'll never speak to him after he's published this. So it's making sure that he's done so that he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. I felt that. I felt within this book towards the end, he kept 
making actions which were going to sever the ties with his sister. They clearly are so entirely bonded, I think, through the death of their mother. They clearly are just in love as brother and sister with each other. But what I think is amazing, when they do fall out and they send those awful emails to each other, they actually always end them. But I do still love you. Yeah. They're American. They're just more open about those words. Do you think? Most people go, I love you, I love you. you." No, but not if you were having a go at someone. Not if you were really telling somebody off. Actually, yeah, they don't just say, I love you. They actually say, I really love you, even though you're crazy. And they go into the reasons why. This is so telling of Madonna. I love this. When she is just so convinced that Christopher is a massive drug addict and he needs to go to rehab. And he's like, I don't need to go to rehab. It's not that bad. She says, yes, you do. Go to rehab. So then he goes to the doctor and the doctor writes Madonna a letter saying Christopher does not need to go to rehab. She writes him a letter back saying you're a terrible doctor. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You have no understanding of this situation. (laughs) Then Madonna said to Krista, I'll pay for you to go to rehab. He's like, I don't need to. So they agree that he will have therapy once a week and Madonna will pay $150 for him to go to therapy on the proviso that she gets reports of the sessions, right? That's massively controlling. Yeah. Then, after a few yeah, sessions... Yeah, be private. How can he be truthful when he knows Madonna's reading it? Because his problem is her. Well, the therapist says your problem is your controlling sister. Yeah, that's exactly right. Anyway, he says to her, can you tell my sister I don't have to go to rehab? So now the therapist sends Madonna a yeah. letter saying, I've assessed Christopher. He doesn't need to go to rehab. Madonna responds to the therapist saying, you're a really terrible therapist. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. He even has blood tests. He's not a drug addict. Yes, he is. That's such a illustration of when she becomes fixed on an idea, yeah. you cannot change but it. But also, she can't comprehend that his problems with her might be real problems. Mm-hmm. The real revelation at the end when they do have a conversation about it, where he's expecting an apology, she says to him, Christopher, I feel sorry for you for bearing the burden of being my brother. She doesn't say sorry for myself and my <laughs> actions. It's the yeah. burden of what the world expects yeah. of you because you're... She doesn't take responsibility, no responsibility for anything. at all. No, it really isn't. It's very interesting getting into this. Yeah, I know it is. Know. Well, yeah, so, okay, after the worst email, she wrote, I've made you what you are. You wouldn't be anything without me. Never contact me again. Wow. You wouldn't be anything without me. He might. He would have had a career. And to be honest, what he has had apart from all of the adventures, it's just a job. He also gets to the point where he has worked with her for so long that actually he can't go. He asks her for a letter of recommendation for his resume and stuff. She says, I'll give you one if you go to rehab. Yeah, right. It's just like, oh, my God, Madonna, stop it. Give your brother, who's done a very good job for you for the last 15 years, just give him a bloody letter of recommendation. Why does everything have to come with a proviso. He's already done the work for you. Mm. She is a fucking bitch. (laughs) So those emails they send each other, they are, I I love it so much. It's like Dynasty with Joan Collins and Alexis. It's It's done with a smile on the face. It's high class bitchery. And I love that he's published them in this book. He emailed this to her. He says, I gave up my fucking life to help make you the evil queen you are today. (laughs) 15 years listening to your 
bitching, egotistical rantings, mediocre talent, and a lack of taste that would stun the ages. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's genius. Is that but, the one where he pressed send and regretted it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that he regrets it, because I think that needed to be sent. Yeah, actually. it's one of those where you know it will probably break you, and you want it to be broken, but you also don't. Yeah, no, he says he regretted it. He said he sent it and he was overcome by a deep sadness. The woman I loved above all others. Mm. It is a love story, isn't it, in many respects? Yeah, or it's just a really bad relationship. I don't know. You know, they did have that extraordinary trauma when they were tiny. When Madonna gave birth to her daughter, Christopher was there. And the first thing she said is, I wish mum was here. Yeah, That's heartbreaking. Yeah. And she's a 35-year-old woman at that point. What's even more heartbreaking is he never gets to know his niece and nephew because he's cut out. Guy Ritchie really starts oh, a divide, He really he? does. Yeah. He just does. They do not like each other. He doesn't like gay men, I really do think. Yeah, no, he does. It's just not good. I think it's difficult that when you are the brother of somebody so massively famous and you have devoted half of your life, if not nearly all of your life, to her... And like he says, he's so aware that people look at him and see Madonna. Actually, how do you ever have a life away from that without writing a book like this? Yeah. You have to do that grand yeah. gesture to make it all stop, yeah. don't you? Yeah, you have to make it all stop. And so everybody then knows you've got no access to Madonna, so now we can just talk to you normally. Yeah. You've got no money and no access. Yeah. You're just a normal person then, mm-hmm. like his other brothers and well, sisters. Well, I hope he is. I'm not such a ardent Madonna fan that I bear him any grudges for writing no, this book. No, you, you can't be because you can see what he's gone through. Yeah. But after she, he wrote this book, she cut him from Hollywood, from all those showbiz people. Oh, he said he realised really quickly that word had gone round. Yeah, the doors all closed yeah. to him. He couldn't get any of the work anymore. Like Gloria yeah. Estefan is never going to get him to make a video for her again. Or hey, Dolly. Dolly Parton. <laughs> Dolly. He directed a video for yeah. Dolly Parton. And I thought it was very strange that he pointed out the fact that she always wore long sleeves and covered her arms. I thought he said this for a reason. I went on to Google and Googled Dolly Parton's arms. All of a sudden, all of these articles comes up. Why does Dolly Parton keep her arms covered all the time? She's covered in tattoos. Stop it. She's covered in tattoos. What are you talking about? Dolly Parton. I know, I I can hear you. I can't comprehend it. No, no, my brain will not. The people who have seen them say they are the most beautiful tattoos they have ever seen. I can't. She's like a big, fat, hairy biker. This doesn't go. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me the last time you saw Dolly Parton's arms. No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you go back to like the 1970s, I, you can see that. I really did clock that. He mentioned twice that her arms were covered. Yeah. And I didn't know why. Oh, no, I thought it was weird. That's why I investigated. So he did that deliberately. Okay. <laughs> Christopher said he suggested to Dolly Parton that she and Madonna should make a record together. And Dolly Parton was up for it. Yeah. And Madonna just said, oh, okay, I'll think about it, which means no. And then she made American Pie on her own. Yeah. Went all country on her own. I like that era. I like yeah. all Madonna's eras. Christopher, I looked up, where it says they had reconciled a little bit after this book. And he said, I don't know what's so bad about this book anyway. I could have written a book about how horrific she is. So now they're not speaking again because he said that. (laughs) 
thank you so much for listening to this episode of Thrift Shop Biography. We love making this podcast and we're absolutely thrilled that so many of you are already listening. You could really help us out by leaving us a review somewhere, wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you could share us, tell your friends about us or drop some links on social media. We have a Facebook page called Thrift Shop Biography. So make sure you come over there to hear about the episodes first and what else we're up to. Okay, see you next week. And if you're new here, there are loads more episodes now to go and listen in the back catalogue. So make sure you go and enjoy them. Okay, thank you very much.